It's mailbag time. We're going to start with star mistakes, Jason Tatum's complaints to the refs, Sam Hauser's potential and media stuff, my handling of what I write, what I say, and the players. It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Green and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, and I got you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device if you subscribe, so go ahead and do so wherever you get your podcast, watch the show on YouTube, hop into the comment section there. Let me know what you think about the topics, the questions, what I'm saying, and all of that stuff. I'm John Corrales. I used to play a long time ago. Now I'm covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal and for you really, because I love doing that. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code all lowercase LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Lots of stuff in the mailbag today, uh, including later on, uh, I think interesting questions and, and things that people must be wondering here about me in the media, what I say, how I say it. Am I afraid to say certain things uh, because it might get back to the players? It's all coming up later on. Sam Hauser's potential, Jason Tatum, his complaints and all of that stuff. We're going to start with Mike, who asks, the Celtics' biggest issue to me is turnovers from their big stars, Tatum and Brown. Is there anything Joe Mazzulla can do to get them to stop making so many ill-advised turnovers? Is benching them for a quarter after a particularly bad stretch not an option? Or does someone on the team have to call them out in the press? Are coaches that afraid of their stars? And so on. So, oh, and, and, and I like this one. What reason do Tatum and Brown have to change if nothing is going to be done in terms of playing time? There's so much in this question, but the, let me let me start with this. The this is the NBA, and the threat of removing playing time from the stars is it's. I'm sorry to say this, Mike, but it's an antiquated notion that doesn't apply to the NBA because there's no coach, there's no coach that's going to sit there and say. Tatum, you had three bad turnovers. I'm going to bench you for the second quarter. Uh, that's That does nothing. That really does nothing. Uh, players know that they shouldn't be turning the ball over. They it's it, If you're assuming they need to have some sort of repercussion to get to play well, then that does not think you don't think highly of the players themselves. Coaches can't go out there and embarrass their players uh, it's, it's a bad look. If a player goes out there and has a bad stretch and the coach says, that's it, you're sitting down, um, your star players, that that's something you really have to be careful about. And even, even the not star players like Quentin Grimes, I think it was 
complaining uh, from the Knicks about being benched for, you know, because, because he missed the shot and complaining that Tom Thibodeau isn't giving him enough touches to get into rhythm and all that stuff. And that's Quentin Grimes. You know what I mean? Like, imagine if you bench Tatum or Brown. It doesn't go well. It doesn't work out well. It doesn't work out well for the coach. And I'm not saying this, that the coach should be afraid of them. No, it just doesn't work. Players are aware that they're turning the ball over a lot. You address it in film. You do it privately. And you. it, it depends on the coach. Ime Udoka used to call guys out a little bit in, in the press, and he had the mentality that he backed it up in practice. So that's that's Ime Udoka. Some coaches will do that. Some coaches don't want to do that. That's not their personality. And it's not like one is right and one is wrong. Uh, Joe Mazzulla will do it privately. I believe that uh, call callouts in the press can be detrimental uh, benching, benching people for bad stretches is a bad, a bad idea. It's an 82 game season. You can't expect these guys to play perfectly all the time. Like maybe two, three guys in the league play pretty close to perfectly all the time. And that that's it. None of them are on the Celtics and that's, that's kind of it. Right. And even the best of the best of the best have some bad games. So I think you just have to understand, like, you got to ride out bad stretches. Jason Tatum doesn't want to have seven turnovers. He knows it. Jalen Brown doesn't want to have seven turnovers. He knows it. So you you call it out in film session, and you trust your adult men playing basketball to be adults and change because your job is paying you millions of dollars to not turn the ball over. So don't do it. You don't need additional penalties. So it's, it's a long season, ride out, ride out the, the bad stuff. Just like you, you, you ride, you ride the good stuff when, for stretches, you ride out the bad stuff. Jay asks, uh, Marcus smart had his downside, but what he did have was heart and passion. The two J's often play like they're too cool for school and seem to be set in their ways. Do you honestly believe they will not can take this team to a championship? I mean, if I believe they can, then I guess I believe that they will. Um, they're fully capable of doing so. They're fully capable of winning a championship. So do, do I think they will? I mean, yeah, probably. That's, I, I don't think they're too cool for school. I don't, don't mistake, uh, like being somewhat quiet for a lack of passion. That's, that's not true. Uh, it, it's, I, I, I don't think NBA basketball falls into the same box as college basketball or anything else. I just don't think that's the, um, that's the case. I just, I think a lot of us, a lot of people, especially when, when you ask questions like this, you're, you're thinking of basketball in terms of college and high school and stuff like that. And I, I just don't think, and it's hard. And this is why I try to relay like an NBA mentality 
to the answers. Like they're I Tatum and Brown want to win. They want to win a championship. They're passionate about winning a championship. It's just that their personalities are a little bit different. I do think they need to be a little bit more. Um, I don't know what the word is, but you know, forceful about it. But I don't, I don't know that they're incapable of winning a title. I think they are very capable of winning a title. So I guess that means that I think they will. Tyler asks, does it feel like Tatum is falling back into his bad habit of complaining incessantly to the refs? He had seemingly gotten better about it, but I feel like I'm starting to see plays recently where he's getting beat back down the floor on D because of this again. It's very frustrating. He's definitely complaining more. That's definitely happening. And it, it's something that he needs to keep in check. Uh, that's been, that, that has been an issue. And that's something that Joe Missoula needs to like, I think have some kind of conversation or he needs to go to his assistants and maybe you go through some of the assistants who are close to Tatum and be like, Hey man, find out what's going on and why he's complaining a bunch and see if you can't get him to shut the hell up sometimes. Uh, it's not, it's not, this is the other thing. It's not always the head coach that has to do this stuff. It's not always the head coach, the head coach in the NBA is not the same as a head coach at any other league at any other level. It's not the same. NBA head coaching is different than anybody else. So you got to approach things differently. Again, you cannot embarrass your players. You cannot, uh, you got to be careful about that stuff. And this type of thing, you have to, I, I would say you go to some of the assistants and you could be like, Hey, can, can we, what can we do to get, get him back, back on track? And hopefully he does. Uh, I think some of his complaining has been fine. Like players are going to talk to the, the refs and you got to allow star players to talk to the refs. Like they're, they're not just going to sit there and shut up. They all talk. So you need to let the star players make their case because sometimes that's going to lead to uh, lead to calls going their way later on. So there's a line and they just gotta, they just gotta find that line and, and try to find a way for him not to cross it. But I don't think, I don't think it's all on the head coach. It's on the assistants as well, but that is via the head coach. So th that's, that's kind of, kind of the same thing. All right. We'll get to the best defensive backcourt in the NBA and why they're not always perfect. And we'll get to some other questions here about JD Davison and Sam Hauser. When we come back, today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy, made easy, made fun, because it's you against the projections. It's you against whatever they set. So if you want to pick two to six players, you can pick all Celtics if you want and do more or less. They set the more or less you pick. Yes, I think more Jason Tatum points than your projection. I think less Jalen Brown rebounds than your project pro projection. And then you go on from there. If you hit on all six, you can win up to 25 times your money. It's a pretty good deal there at Prize Picks. You can mix and match. Uh, I haven't seen the Bailey Zappi stats, but I'm doing this after the Patriots game. And uh, you could have done touchdown passes with Bailey Zappi along with somebody's uh, assists or something. Tyrese Halliburton's points. You could do that in their specials league. And you don't have to worry if a player gets hurt because they've got 
uh, injury protection. It's the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So lots of reasons to go to prize picks. In fact, if you go to prizepicks.com slash NBA, another great reason is use that promo code LOCKEDONNBA, uh, all lowercase at checkout, you're going to get a first deposit match up to $100. So deposit $100, you get $100. It's all at prizepicks.com slash NBA. Prize picks, daily fantasy. Thanks for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Go check out Lockdown Sports today. It's the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All sports, all day long. Everything you need to know from our national shows to our local shows covering the big stories. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun to go check that out. Just put it on. Leave it on in the background. Go to YouTube. Subscribe to Lockdown Sports Today, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, let's get back to the questions. And Nathan says, I've heard the term best defensive backcourt in the NBA tossed around a lot, but if that's true, then how could they have let Tyrese Halliburton go bananas? Uh, well, uh, because they're not always perfect, and sometimes those guys have bad games. And a lot of being the best defensive backcourt relies on having a pretty good defensive front court and without Porzingis back there, they, uh, you know, it's, it can be a struggle sometimes just because a guard has, you know, a, a huge game doesn't mean that he did it all against your guards. Sometimes he went up against Jalen Brown. Sometimes he went up against Jason Tatum. Sometimes he went up against somebody else and he scored very often. Uh, you got to remember in the first half, the defense was really good and he was held to single digits. Then in the second half, he went off. Sometimes great players just go off and there's nothing you can do about it. Like Tyrus Halliburton's a really, really damn good player. He's going to be an all-star. He could be all NBA. Sometimes those guys just go against whatever defense you throw at them. So sometimes you just got to tip your hat. So. Yeah. Is it the best defensive backcourt in the NBA? Yes. Is it a perfect backcourt defensively? No, of course not. They're going to get beat. They're going to have bad games and that's going to happen. So that's why even the best sometimes doesn't have, doesn't have it. So that's, that's it. Todd asks, what's it going to take to get JD Davis in a full roster spot? Uh, granted he needs to work on his defense. Oh, well, there you go. That's what it's going to take, but his offense is high energy and rated amongst the top in G league statistics. That's the other thing. G league statistics are not NBA statistics. They're just not G league competition is not NBA competition. Success in the G league is nice. It does not mean success in the NBA failure in the G league is not good. And that could very well mean failure in the NBA. Like everybody who plays in the NBA should go down there and have success. Uh, but not everybody who has success down there has success in the NBA, but just about everybody who fails in the G league fails in the NBA. Like that's how it goes because the G league is nowhere near NBA standards. It's a bunch of guys basically at the end of the bench. It's not that great. Uh, but playing well there is good. What's it going to take? 
yeah, the defense, the, you know, a better understanding of moving the ball and not turning it over. He has a turnover issue in the half court. It's just running a team, being able to run a team. And he hasn't really done a ton of that. Now, maybe he's having a better season. I'd be honest. I have not watched any G league basketball. I have, I don't know how that's going for Davison in the G league. Um, so, but if he was ready, I would say the Celtics would have him on the team. He's, he's a two-way player. He's, he has games that he could play in the NBA. Uh, if they thought what he's doing in the G league was worthy of NBA minutes, they would be playing him NBA minutes. Like it's. He's, he's not ready. He's just not ready. Um, so that's it. What's it going to take? Clean up the turnovers, be able to run a team, prove that you can be a point guard and run the team. Andrew asks, how good is Sam Hauser? Could he be a starter or six man in the NBA? Or would he be a DNP CD on most other teams? Well, I don't know why he would be a DNP coach's decision on most other teams. The Celtics are the highest level team in the league with uh if if the the team with the best record in the league is getting 25 to 30 high quality minutes out of this guy most nights i would expect the denvers and the you know who else is out there minnesota like those those teams of course they would want sam hauser of course they would want sam hauser so he wouldn't be a dnp anywhere uh a starter or a six man I think I don't know that he's starter level, but he's like he's occasional starter, right? He's an occasional starter, uh, but he's been better off the bench. Uh, could it be a six man? He's he's building his way up to with his defense. His rebounding has been better. His his non shooting offense has been better. So six man, yeah, I think I think six or seventh man is the role that he's got now. I think this is where he is in the NBA. How good could he be? I think he can be better. But he has uh, a great touch. He can hold his own defensively. And he does a lot of other things now. So I think the familiarity with the Celtics like ha has helped him. But he's grown into a very nice role. I think this is who he's going to be for everybody. Every team in the league could use Sam Hauser. He's, you know, he's what the third or fourth best high volume shooter in the NBA. So yeah, the, he, he's becoming like legit three and D guy. Like he's not going to go lock anybody down, but if you target him defensively, he's not going anywhere. He's, he's holding his own. So good for him. We'll get into some more, some, a couple of interesting questions about the media and my approach my approach with the players and all of that stuff that that that's all coming up next. I think I find that stuff obviously very interesting and I love explaining it. So that's going to be fun for me as well. Today's show brought to you by Jace medical. Jace medical wants to protect you in case of an emergency. Uh, the real life is out there and what real life has to offer right now uh, makes me really happy that I'm, I can focus so as much as I do on sports. Bottom line is 
supply chain issues are an issue. And sometimes that means important things are in short supply. And that could mean antibiotics and other daily drugs that you take. So that's why the Jace case, which is a five pack of uh, different antibiotics uh, used to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses uh, is important. And you can get that at Jace Medical. The Jace case has these antibiotics that treats things like bacterial illnesses, UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among other things. You don't want to need this stuff and then go to a pharmacy and be like, oh, we're out of stock because that's important. So get yourself a stock of those drugs and maybe some other daily medications at jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. Go there, complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board certified uh, physician. Your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code locked on. Locked on gets you $20 off your order. Thank you for being a regular listener, a loyal listener, a Monday through Friday, every day. Uh, I am the author of the book, The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, where I pick the all-time all-star team, 12 players, two at each position, two wild cards to put together the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Star team. I have that book available at johncorrales.com. It's a, well, you can get it at Amazon or anywhere, but if you want a signed copy, a personalized copy, go to johncorrales.com, johncorrales.com, find the link that says, uh, buy a book and there you go. Make sure you email me what you want in there. I will address it to whomever you want. I will address it to you. If you want it to you, uh, tell me the message you want. I will put it in there. I will autograph it. And it's a great gift. It's a great gift. Let's get back to the mailbag. And some, this is the third segment of the mailbags. I like to throw some of these kind of like different questions, fun questions, personal questions as far as the, um, especially things like this with the media, like Marcel asks, do you find it hard or hesitate to criticize Celtics players knowing they hear and read everything? Also, do players that you criticize say something to you or become less accessible. So I've never had a player come up to me and be like, why did you say that about me? I don't hold back about my opinion of a player, but I also treat the player fairly. So I've been critical of Jalen Brown. And I, when I'm critical of Jalen Brown, I give my reasons. And if Jalen were to ask me, what's going on? I'd say, I'd tell him the exact same thing I'd say on the podcast. And that's it. I, I, my approach is I'm not hot take guy. I'm not out here spitting hot takes where, you know, Oh, they need to trade Jason Tatum. Or, oh, like it's like that craziness. Like, no, if I say something like that, I mean it. And when I say something about a player, I back it up. I just try to back it up. So if a player thinks I'm wrong, they can, they're, they're all free to come up to me. I'm in the locker room all the time. Pull me aside, pull me in the hallway. Be like, well, what are you saying? I'll explain the exact same thing. Like, I'm not afraid to talk to a player. Like to me, 
it's no different than a coach or a teammate pulling a player, a, a guy aside and saying something like, that's how I view it. It's not, I'm not criticizing out of anger or jealousy or anything like that. I'm criticizing because I think the player can do better. I get more on Jalen Brown as an example, because I think Jalen Brown can do a lot better. I don't criticize Sam Hauser quite as much because the mistakes he makes are mistakes I expect. Like I can't criticize like, obviously you don't want to turn the ball over. And I will mention, I, you shouldn't turn the ball over, but I also don't think that Sam Hauser is going to be a ton more than what he is right now. I think Jalen Brown could be even better. And I hold those guys to a higher standard. That's just, that's just what it is. But I'm honest. I feel like my honesty comes through. And because I'm honest, I don't fear what anybody's going to say because I have backup. My information, my feeling is backed up. And, but so far, no one has said anything to me. And I think it's because I, I am, I think, fair to, to the guys. Jack asks, uh, we often hear you saying same problems haunting the Celtics regarding late game execution. Do you feel that media personnel, a media personnel like yourself ever has any breakthrough when asking these questions to Joe and the players? Or do you feel all organization staff are a little numb to the questions the media ask? So I've gotten both. Players are numb to a lot of the questions, right? You can ask Jalen Brown any variation of, hey, you, you played well tonight. Well, we, you know, what were you seeing out there? You know, you did this, you did that. Anything you did well, the first words out of his mouth are going to be just being aggressive. That's, that's his MO. He's always going to say just being aggressive, just trying to make the right reads, just trying to, you know, you know, stuff like that. Sometimes you do have a breakthrough. We ask a question and he's like, you know what? Yeah. Or other guys, players are like, you know what? That's, I don't know why, you know, or whatever. I don't think any of them, when we talk about breakthroughs, I don't think any of them go back into the locker room or go home and be like, oh, wow. John asked me that question. It really stuck with me. I'm going to change. No, I don't think that's the case. I think players all feel like, and they're right. We don't know everything that's going on. We only know the few things that we see on the court and we can only ask some things that we see. And if there's added context, maybe there's stuff that they could tell us, but they don't want to because it's something that stays in house. Uh, so, some players are more forthcoming than others, but I think sometimes we do get little bits of honesty. So it is both. It, I think sometimes it's a, a mood thing or whatever. We'll get to a couple more here. Justin asks, what was your signature move when you played? Would also love to see some highlights. Justin, I would love to show you some highlights. This is the biggest, I think, if there's anything that hurts about my playing career is that, first of all, it was basically pre-internet. 
Um, so no one had the foresight to be like, oh, we should record this and save this because we're going to put this on the internet someday. YouTube had was nowhere close to, to being around. Uh, that's how old I am. Uh, I designed the first ever Emerson College Sports Department website. I did it as a senior year project for a class that I was taking. I went to the athletic director and, and those guys and the SID. I was like, hey, I want to I design a, a website for us. And they're like, yeah, okay, sure. You know, we need one, but we'll do one. And that was it. I did it. So that tells you uh, how far back that went. Um, my pro team didn't, I mean, I wasn't there all that long. So they, you know, I don't, I don't think they had highlights that they disseminated anyway. Uh, but that they didn't have a website. There was no website for the team. That's how long ago it was. And then my college, um, my college highlights, college games, I think most, if not all of those tapes got destroyed in a very ugly dispute between my college coach and the athletic department when he got fired. So a lot of those tapes, a lot of the stuff that he had in his office, I don't think exists anymore. And it's sad because I, I, I can't go back and look then be like, Oh, I remember that. I remember that guy. You know, I remember, I remember doing that. Um, sucks. I can't, I don't have any videos to share. I just have my memories and, you know, in 25 years, those will go. And that's it. Sad. My signature move was, um, I was a post player primarily. So I would say, uh, a drop step or an up and under, like I would just get position and up and under. Uh, I was pretty good at throwing up fakes and pretty good at setting guys up. And, uh, it was just, that was my strength footwork around the, the, the block and getting myself to a spot around the rim where I could finish. Um, so yeah, Paul asks, rank your favorites in each category. Category one, Bird, McHale, Parrish, Pierce, Garnett. Oh man. I mean, geez, what a tough one. I mean, I, I want to lean towards so many choices, so many, ugh. It's hard because I love KG for a lot of reasons. I love Larry for a lot of reasons. My favorite has got to be Kevin McHale because he was my basketball idol growing up. So uh, Kevin McHale was uh, just he taught me everything. <laughs> Kevin McHale taught me everything and, and without ever meeting me. Uh, but yeah, he, I have to go with him, but in a, a percentage point lead against everybody else. Number two, Seinfeld Sopranos mash the office, the Simpsons. Oh, the Simpsons, the easily, easily the Simpsons. That one's not even close early Simpsons though. Prior I'll give you up to season nine. And then after that, it, it's iffy, but we can extend. It's like, uh, the last few years of a, an aging pro, we get out to season 12, 
maybe a couple in 13, but at that point it's, it's, it all falls apart, but the Simpsons for sure. And then finally, Ginger Marianne, Marsha Brady, Kelly Bundy, or Miss Elizabeth. Wow. What, what a murderer's row of childhood crushes. Um, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Ginger. Like Ginger was like the first, yeah. Ginger from Gilligan's Island. Uh, how many of you even know what the hell any of those names were? How many of you young folks even know what Ginger Marianne, Marsha Brady, Kelly Bundy, and Miss Elizabeth even mean? Um, but yeah, I'm old enough to say Ginger, even though Marianne was probably the better choice, but I'm going to go Ginger. And finally, Michael P asks, you've spoken before about your affinity of Kevin McHale. Yes, I just did. Have you ever met? If you could ask him one question, what would it be? And why would it be how many bolts are there in the floorboards of the old garden floor? <laughs> Classic reference to an old Cheers episode. So obviously I just said that I, I've never met Kevin McHale. Uh, I was in, I've been in the same building as Kevin McHale, I think three times. The first time was at the old Orlando Summer League. The second two times were at Celtics games when he was working with TNT, I believe. And I never, at the, at the Orlando Summer League, I really had, I was much, much younger. And I saw him and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then he just disappeared. And then I, I, I do regret not saying something to him when he was working with TNT it was my first, like, very beginning out on the beat, and I was very unsure of the etiquette, and I was just, I, you know, I'm an old man, but I'm still gun-shy. I mean, that guy was my hero, so um, I do regret it. My one question, <laughs> I'm sure he would get a kick out of the how many bolts question. I'm also sure that plenty of people have asked him that question. And he's like, Haha. so I don't want to be the guy that finally makes him snap. And he's like, look, man, it was just a TV show. Uh, but, uh, uh, my one question would probably be about basketball. I would want to sit there and talk about, honestly, I would sit there and talk about post play the whole time. Like I was still a player looking for tips because, I'm enamored with his post play. So I would, I would say, I'd probably ask him, it would be like, probably ask him some technical questions about posting up. Uh, and that would be it. And hopefully, hopefully that would lead to a, a long friendship that no, no, but that's what I would do. That's what I would do. Uh, thanks for everybody for listening and for watching. I really appreciate you doing so. Hope you enjoy these last segment questions uh, as much as I do. If you want to submit a, question, you can go to johncorrales.com slash mailbag, johncorrales.com slash mailbag. That's the only way to submit a question. So go ahead and do that. And, uh, I will, I will get to them as I can in future mailbags. If you are an everydayer, I would love it. If you share the podcast, I would love it. If you spread the word, tell your friends, tell everybody, they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day.